Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian, and welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Ed's not with me today, uh, but he will be with me again soon. Uh, we We've been working out our schedule, trying to figure things out. And uh, to be honest, it's just been hectic is all get out, but that's okay. Uh, next week, we've uh, we got a plan to do a recording together. Uh, it's going to be about personality types and those personality types and how can you interact with those personality types? How do you uh, help utilize those personality types within your organization to not, not capitalize on the person, but their personality type, you know, different types of people, different types of personalities. You, you could, you could really, your organization could gain quite a bit and the individual that you're dealing with or you're, you're working with, they might uh, prosper more in certain areas because of their personality type. So that's going to be a great, great story. Um, on, you know, other news, uh, we we're we're looking at the future of what we want to do and try to do. Uh, you may see me a few more times where I just do it individually. Uh, I've got subjects that have been in my head and I've been wanting to kind of get out there to the audience. Uh, you know, like today's subject. Uh, today's subject is, I mean, it's simple, it's easy, but it seems like a lot of people get it wrong, and it's basically treat people good. You know, um, I this has been on my mind a lot lately. Uh, I just something that I, I read and, you know, that it kind of, it kind of struck a chord with me. And with that, I thought to myself, I said, you know, why not just do a show and let's talk about, you know, just treating people good. Um, and this kind of actually came, um, from a little meme that I seen and I'll, I'll put that on right here. You'll see it, um, what it said and all, but it was basically this, it was like, Positions are temporary, ranks and titles are limited, but the way you treat people will always be remembered. And, and that to me, it's like one of those things where, you know, you think the way I treat people will always be remembered. Did I uh, degrade them in any manner? Did I talk down to them? Did I, did I make them feel as if though they were beneath me? You know, that type of attitude. or did I prop people up? Did I really care about people? Did I uh, encourage them, encourage them beyond my organization, maybe something that would uh, be great for them to do down the road? What did I do to, that I would be remembered by those individuals? Now, some people will say, I really don't care what other people think about me. This may not be the show for you then, because what we're about is good leadership, how we influence people to do good things for each other because those good things pay off over time. It may not pay off for you, but it may pay off for somebody else. And really, that's what it's about. And really, what I when I went into this, I thought, well, how do we actually treat people good? Because um, we talk to them um, in, in your organization. You may only have two seconds, three seconds, five seconds, who knows, a minute uh, to have a conversation with somebody. But it's just not conversations. It's our attitudes. Uh, it's when they make a comment. How do we look? Uh, do we show our emotion on our face uh, of what we're thinking if we don't like what they're saying or we do like what they're saying? Um, are we berating people? 
uh, when they don't get something quite right. And if they don't get something quite right and we don't like it and we just tear into them and make them, because I can tell you right now, that is the type of person that I was uh, many years ago. And over the years, it's taken me a while to kind of like stand back and say, you know what? We're all humans. We all make mistakes and it's okay. It doesn't matter. It does matter. You know, you could, when it comes to like how somebody takes it personally or not, you know, that's one of the things that I learned about business is you can't take business personal. Um, however, how we treat people, they can take that personal because sometimes it could be we're coming off a certain way and it just doesn't work out right. Um, so what I did was I did some digging, I, I did some thinking, and I came up with basically five tips, uh, to, you know, basically or five habits that great leaders have that are part of treating people good. Right. So I'm not even going to waste time. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, fumble around with my words. I'm just going to go right into it with number one. Number one on that list is love your team. So how do we love our team? Does it mean me walking up and saying, hey, James, I love you, man? Or is it more like me caring when something's going on in his life? Actually showing an interest in what's going on in his life. He may be having a rough time. Uh, he may be having a great time and it's caring about that too. So it's not always the good and the, you know, or the good or the bad. It's both the good and the bad. We have to share that with him. And part of sharing that with him is, is basically loving your team. Um, you know, in the military, we, we do things that, a lot of companies don't do. There's this, there's this one guy on Instagram I follow, and he's he's pretty funny because some of the things he says, it it's like mind-blowing. You know, like he, he, it was one of the ones he just said. Yeah, he's like, uh, it's a saying we have in the arms, like sound off. And what that means to us is to, you know, speak out loud, be louder, uh, you know, just be boisterous. But if you think about that and how that actually is, is sound off. So doesn't that really mean I turn the sound off? I digress. What I'm getting at is this thing's guy, he points out some of the things that we do in the military and how it's just kind of like, it's weird if you would try to do this in a civilian organization. But at the same time, there's some of the things that we do that I think a civilian organization could benefit from. And I know I've seen it in the military too. And there are some people, there's some leaders in the military that they don't do these things. And it's kind of like they're very robotic in their ways and it's mission before men. And, you know, one of the things I was, I was taught a long time ago and I, I had a, I had a commander of uh, a couple of years back. Uh, he, he, he made the statement is it's, it's always mission before men. And in my mind is, I think when you reach a certain level within the organization of responsibility or leadership or position. It may be mission before man early on when you're still a junior. But when you, as you gain seniority, I think it needs to be men before mission or person before mission. Because if you put them first, the likelihood of them putting the mission first because they care about who you are because you loved your team it's exponential. You'll see the growth, right? Uh, but it's it's the idea of loving your team first and 
allow them, allow them to make those mistakes. It's okay. You know what? You know what, Jim? It's okay you made that mistake. We're going to learn from this. Now, if they don't learn from it, they have to learn from the mistakes somehow. Sometimes there's disciplinary actions that have to take place or whatever, a retraining that they don't want to have to do. There are going to be those things that have to happen, but at least help them get better. And that's part of it. You know, in the army, uh, we have this policy that came out and I think, I feel like it's always been a thing. It's just never stated, but it's called people first. And with people first, it's like, what am I doing to put my people in this organization first before myself, before the mission? Um, and sometimes the mission is putting my people first. Uh, so for instance, let's say we have, uh, we have a certain deadline. We got to get things done. However, I got a soldier who's having some issues at home and they need to be able to go take care of that. It's okay for me to allow them to take care of those issues and, and go do that and we'll get the mission. But that doesn't mean I'm going to always give people time off to do stuff. There are other times where we got to get a certain training done. We have to get a certain readiness uh, capability complete to be able to go home for the end of the day. And there's a reason behind that. You know, a lot of times... You'll, we speak with soldiers and they don't really get the idea of, well, why do I got to do this today? Or, you know, what, why is it that we always got to do this the last minute? Well, a lot of times it's not the last minute. You know, uh, I've seen, I know when I was, I particularly was in a, a key leadership role in a company and I'd have to say, well, we, we're not really going home until we all get this done. But the funny thing is, is I told them weeks ago, I told them a month ago or two months ago, hey, you've got to get X, Y, Z done because it makes us ready and it takes care of the soldier if in the fact that we do become mobilized or we do deploy to a, a new, new location, they're prepared for it, readiness, right? And that's, you know, it, it, you if you look at it that way, that's loving your team, right? Um but it's how the message comes across, really. It's how do we speak to that? Do I yell, scream, holler? If you've listened to the show more than once, you know Ed and I are not fans of yelling and screaming or uh, being demeaning to anyone. That's, this just doesn't work, right? There's no need for it. If they're not good for the job, they're not a good fit, then they just don't need to be in the job. If there's some potential, and in most cases, there is potential to excel in a job, then you got to train them. We got to work with them. We got to make them better. That's called loving your team. But we're going to move on. I'm going to move on because I could go all day on how we love need to love our team. Number two, give praise. It is okay to say good job. Um, I've had a multiple of leaders who don't know how to say good job. Or thank you for doing what you did today. It might not be much, you know. Um, I've even I've I've been known for saying something as rude as, "Well, it, it's your job. You should have got it done." Um, well, sometimes we don't know what's going on in somebody's life. We don't know what's going on in their daily activities. We don't know what's going on at home. We don't know what's going on with their finances. And they don't. They're not going to always tell us that. And I can tell you right now, that's not something that's disclosed in a, in a civilian organization with the many people that I know. We don't sit there and talk about somebody's pay stub with them. Um, it's They get paid, they don't get paid. Um, if they're having problems at home, they have problems at home, but they don't bring it into work. However, 
We have to look at that side of things. We have to understand that they're humans. They have a vulnerability. You as a leader, you as an influencer, you have a vulnerability. Um, I've had I've had many leaders that just uh, downright cussed me out and told me I was doing a horrible job or um, or I need to get it right or your team's failing. And it, those, those are the moments where I had to personally to dig inside and say, you know what? Yeah, I know they're failing or yeah, I know I'm not, I didn't get something right, but I'm going to make it better. That was my self-discipline. That was something I've kind of learned to grow with over the years. You know, I've got this, um, I've got this little bit of a complex sometimes it's, it's kind of, um, it's a, I'm not good enough complex. And because of it, it makes me want to become better in other things. Now, I am far from a professional. <laughs> I work out every day, but I'm far from an athlete. I uh, I do a lot of homework for school, but I'm far from a real, you know, super intelligent scholar. Um, I go to work every day trying to grind it out, you know, uh, in the profession that I have learned to love over the past 24 years. But I am far from being like the model soldier. Um, however, if I can give somebody that one little thing, that one little word of praise of, hey, Jim, or hey, Bob, or hey, Sarah, or hey, such and such. Hey, great job. I really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. That was something I didn't get to cover down on. You took care of it for me. Thank you. Or, you know, hey, I saw that that particular project that you worked on. You know, you really excelled at it. Um, some people may have doubted you, but I'm telling you what, after seeing you getting to work, did a great job. It doesn't take much to give somebody praise. And you'd be surprised, like, what happens? What happens when somebody gets praise, right? Um, for accomplishing something that they did. You know, there's, um, what it was that I saw something sometime back about, like, people um, try to make plans, but they make these plans for things like, say, I want to run a marathon, or I want to gain, or I want to lose X amount of weight. But they'll tell everybody before they do it. Uh, they'll tell about, they'll tell people about their goals and then people will praise them on their goal and tell them they hope they succeed at it and they feel good about it, but they never really accomplish the goal. It's kind of, it's like that fake dopamine, um, that you get from doing something, uh, but you really didn't do it. Uh, you just told people about it. So instead it's, you know, you got to compare that the same way. What if somebody actually does something? What if they actually accomplish something? Uh, what if they, you know, they were on a tight deadline and they turn it in right when it's due and it's like, hey man, thanks. Or they turn it in a little bit late because the deadline was astronomically insane. I've seen some of those um, probably in the more recent past. However, you know, the it's it's insane and they still get it to you and you're like man and that person they worked their tail off for that it's okay even if they came, it came in a little late hey thanks i you know i know it was late that's okay i appreciate your effort and how hard you worked it doesn't take much it just takes a little bit just a teeny tiny bit uh and you'll you'd be surprised at how people will react to that you know it's it's one of those things where you really, really, really don't understand it until you start doing it. And then you start seeing the attitudes change around you. Um, so let's move on to number three. Number three 
in this whole, you know, treat people good, uh, the five habits is rarely use your power. Um, you, depending upon the position you're in, depending upon what it is you do, you may have a certain type of power. There's two different types of power. There's positional power, um, and then there's more like uh, more of a personal power. And the personal power is basically because uh, you people respect you for your knowledge or your technical skill or your ability to do something. You're not holding a key position, but you have this this power among the group. Uh, I'm I. That's one of the big things I've been looking at for. Uh, my doctoral thesis is it's about the informal leader and how powerful an informal leader is. But that's not really what I'm talking about here. When I say really use your power, I'm talking about those individuals who have a positional power. Um, for instance, when I was a first sergeant in, in a company, there's the commander and then the right-hand man or person is the first sergeant. And the first sergeant takes care of so much that a lot of times a commander doesn't even know what's going on. They know the big ticket items, but they don't know all these little intricacies that take place around them to get something done. And, you know, at no time, I think I'll have to take that back. There are times that I may have said, you will do this, right? But in most cases, I'd approach somebody's in, in this manner. Hey, such and such. What do you think it's going to take to get this done? And I allow them to tell me what it would take to get something done. I'm allowing, I'm giving them the problem set that they're going to get anyways. And I'm allowing them to develop an idea, a strategy, uh, a, a solution off, you know, for, you know, prob through problem solving is how to fix that. Well, I think this, and we could do that. And, um, if we change this model and we add some more people to this and we restructure, I mean, sometimes the biggest struggle we have in change management is we don't involve people. Um, when we use our power and we do that too often, they want to want to push back. They don't want to do it the way we want it. Um, or we say, no, you will do this. You're going to get more of a uh, deflection or I just can't do it because of this than anything if you're using your positional power. Now, that's where you it comes into is understanding is how do I communicate this to someone? How do I, how do I get them to do something, influence, uh, in a way that I'm not being forceful? Now, can you? Absolutely so. You can be as forceful as you want to. I warn you because uh, may not go as far as you think it will, um, or you lose a lot of credibility, or as Ed likes to tell me, use a lot. You lose a lot of leadership capital. Remember, you got to pay that bill for leadership capital. Paying that bill is treating people well. You know, it's loving your team, giving them praise, really using your power, building that leadership capital. Is when you walk up to James and you say, "I need you to get this done, man." Can do you think you can get it done by X date? And they say, yeah, you know, I don't know. Or they say, well, I may run into these roadblocks. Well, what do you think it'll take to get us beyond those roadblocks? What do we got to do? What do we got to provide? What's the resources that I've got to get you to get that done? To me, that's how you, you, if you use your power in a way to 
help someone, such as go out and get that resource that you know they can't acquire or make that connection with someone you know that they don't know, you put two and two together, it helps. And that's a great means of using your power to help others and treat people good. But using your power just because you're in a position, it means nothing to people. And I can tell you right now, my type of organization, not even just my type of organization, but in, in the service, we just wait you out. Some people will just wait you out because you're not going to be there long. You're not going to be a, a leader in that organization forever. Usually it's about two years or so, and we'll see you, we'll see you down the road. Sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's longer, but it's always revolving. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, if you abuse that power. Now, in a civilian organization, yeah, it may work. You may be able to be in that position for many, many years, and you may be able to make it successful. But really, are you are you getting things done to the best ability you can? I'm gonna say no. You know, I'm I'm a I'm an avid fan of Gary V and he Gary uh, Vanderchuk and he he often talks about it's like organizations become successful because of how they treat their people. You know, um, there's there's just so much out there that's going on that. And when I say there's so much going out there going on is like right now, the, the job market, and, and we're talking about this time period that we're in, um, it's a little bit better, a little bit easier to get a job if you want to. So if I don't like the way someone's treating me now, obviously I'm not going to do the, the type of career I'm in right now because I really do. And I'm not going to leave because somebody's uh, totally you know, being negative with me or, um, or being disrespectful. I was like, I, I can deal with them. Um, but if they don't like the way you are, they don't have to stay in. They don't have to stay in your organization. They don't have to uh, continue on and give you their notice and be done and be working at the next organization, uh, working for your competition. And do you really want some some of those talented individuals working uh, with your competition? Um, in in our case, so. Uh, we have we have soldiers that come in and they do different types of uh, skill sets. Uh, let's just say, for instance, aviation. Well, there are organizations. So we, we bring in civilians. We teach them how to be technicians um, on, our, on our particular aircraft. And they only have to stand for so long. And a lot of times what they'll do is they will depart the service and they'll go work for one of these civilian organizations that builds our aircraft that uh, does some of the repairs for our aircraft because that organization can pay better. Hours are different. They don't have to do all the, all the different types of things that are involved with just being a soldier, you know, the soldierly things. Um, they, they, they can be more stabilized in a sense. So there's, there's, there's all these things that come into play. And uh, I, I, I often, I often wonder, you know, if I would have went down that road myself, would I have, you know, gone in that direction? Because earlier on in my career, I actually enjoyed working on aircraft and just troubleshooting and problem solving because I felt like it was fun. Not so much anymore. I mean, I haven't touched an aircraft for quite a while. I just don't, just don't enjoy it. But, but when we think about this, is how often are we using our power to engineer an 
outcome that we want instead of working with our people, leveraging our power for resources to help those people become better. And that's that's a great instance of really using your power. You know, don't use it, use it where it's mostly needed. Uh, so let's move on to number four. Number four is surround yourself with rock stars. What does that mean? Well, uh, I would definitely state that our next show, Ed and I, we're going to talk about personality types. Some people are amazing extroverts. Love to talk to other people. Love to network. You know, if you listen a couple episodes back, we talked about networking and how I, I, I've had I had some individual uh, individuals who were great at it and they did a wonderful job and they they were they were key networkers in my organization. And then there's others who they don't want to talk about. They don't want to be in front of people with, and praise in front of people. Um, they don't want to stand there and re- like, for instance, receive an award or get a promotion in front of a group of people. And some people will be like, oh, well, they just need to be made to do it. But what if it's not, that's not their personality type? What if they're the, you know, they do like the uh, involvement of a group of people, but they don't want that celebratory thing in front of others. And I'm going to talk about a book in a few minutes and you'll, you'll definitely understand where I'm going at with this. However, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, we have to realize that rock stars are actually all around us. And one of the key things that the army promotes on is called potential. It's your potential to do things at the next level, the next rank, the next next position. That potential is where you find the gems, the rock stars that you're looking for. Uh, I've got a young a young man who uh, he works with me now, and I, I will tell you right now, anyone, anyone that works with him would know he's a rock star. He has a memory like you wouldn't believe, or he knows how to uh, he can he can double and triple task it seems like more than any and he just and he just chugs along and he enjoys it um but does he have does he have some weaknesses in what it is maybe so right but what can i do to help develop those to create to help him become a better rock star i have to look at it you know maybe it's uh allowing him getting him to delegate more you know not taking on every mission as his own and then have a clump of missions he's got to get done and being overwhelmed um you know there it's the it's the idea of how well do you know the individuals you're working with what are their assets what are their strengths what are their weaknesses i just mentioned earlier an informal leader an informal leader in your organization is a gold mine. It is a gold mine of influence. Uh, there are people who will listen to that individual uh, more times than they'll listen to you. And it really, what it does is it it takes it takes that ability to work with others without having to force them to it. They influence others to get things done. Those rock stars, those those informal leaders in your organization, they're there. Every organization has them. They're the ones that you may not see doing a lot of the talking, but they're talking in the background. They're working with others and they're trying to figure things out or maybe they're against the organization's new policies, changes, things like that because they weren't involved. 
you have to find those, those rock stars. Um, now, is everybody a rock star? Eh, maybe not, right? You have some people who are very content, who are pushing a broom, clocking in and clocking out, and that's all they want to do. That's fine. But finding those rock stars who want to do a little bit more, you got to remember something about them. You can't let them stay at that level. Um, I had a, a leader recently tell me, it's like, if somebody is a beta and they're being trained by a beta, they normally can never become an alpha. And I kind of thought about that. It's like, well, you know, if they try to get out of their own, they try to get out of their own skin, they try to learn more, they try to, but not everybody's going to do that because they're trying to learn from a mentor um, who's teaching them how to do things to become better. So if you got somebody who's a beta and you want them to become an alpha, you got to get them trained by an alpha. And, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do. You know, you got to work towards the development of people. That's how you surround yourself by rock stars. It's knowing them, training them well, getting them developed in the areas they need, and they start to bloom. They start to they start to show the initiative and the growth that you your organization needs and that they need to become better at what it is they do. So don't always think of surrounding yourself by rock stars as that, well, I got to hire better people all the time. A lot of times, the people that you have is the best you're going to get. And the people that you're going to get may not be as good as the people you have. Um, you know, there's, there was, I can't remember the, the general who said this, but it's like, or it was, I think it was, uh, actually, I think it was Donald Rumsfeld, and he mentioned it some, quite some time back. It's like, we're not, you know, we have to be able to go to the war with the people that we have. So I've got to figure out, you know, I'm just hypothetically saying, I've got to figure out how to make these people that I have the best unit I could possibly be. Um, and that's just my ability, if, if it's me, to create these habits to treat people better um, and just go through this whole checklist. And it's not a long checklist, really. Uh, so let's move on to the fifth and final one, the fifth and final um, base habit that we need for this whole, you know, treating people good is cast your vision. So how do you cast your vision? Well, there's tons of way to cast your vision. However, do you even have a vision? What's the goal in mind? What's the overall idea? Is it a, a yearly vision? Is it a five-year vision? Is it a 10-year vision? What is it? Right? So there has to be some goal attached to casting your vision. That you, where do we want to be? Where are we and where do we want to be? You have to assess where you are before you could ever come up with your vision of where you want to be. Once you've figured out where you want to be as an organization, do you want to be top in sales? Do you want to um, bring in more uh, consumers uh, or, or, or partners or shareholders, or you want to uh, up production by 25, 30%, or you want to uh, make sure that you're meeting each mission that you're given uh, within so many days. Once you know that that's what you want to do, casting it is literally telling it to everyone. It's over communicating. Hey, we're, this is our, this is our vision. This is what we need to get. At. We're going to get after it. We're going to do this. We're gonna, how are we going to do this? We can do this through your help and your rock star, you know, your good work, giving praise, right? Uh, and I, 
us coming together as a team and helping each other out and knowing what each other needs when we need it. And it's done through a conducive, uh, cohesive team that we work and build over time. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight, but casting your vision, that can happen. That can kind of happen overnight, but it's, it's a built on continuous thing, right? It's informing people where are we going? What are, what are we doing with this organization? Uh, and giving them the ideas to understand that, hey, we may not make it there in X date, but we're going we're gonna to try as hard to get here by this date instead. Um, but really, casting your vision is just, it's, uh, it's communicate, communicate, communicate. I think uh, James and I have probably done, I'd say, a solid 10 different episodes on just communicating. And it's just different types of communicating. And I promise you, probably the next episode, we're going to talk about communicating because communicating is one of those things that everyone should try to do better. And it helps by casting the communicate, casting the vision, excuse me, casting that vision is probably one of those key things as a leader, as an influencer, you can do for your organization, for your people. Um, if you keep that information to yourself and no one else knows, what could you expect from them? What, how could you expect them to do good things towards the goal if you're not sharing this with them? It's, it's kind of, what's the, the old saying is uh, bad news doesn't get better with time. Well, good news doesn't get better with time either. It, you got to get it out there. You got to tell people, right? Um, so be sure to take that and, 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 Going develop the brands. How do I how do I cast my vision of what what we're going to be, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it? Just take and think about that, right? And then cast it. All right. So communicating is probably key. So I just went through really five steps or five habits you need to pick up. Uh, love your team. Give praise. Rarely use your power. Surround yourself with rock stars. Hint, hint. They're already there. You just got to look and then cast your vision. And all these things, these are just habits that are done by great leaders that will help individuals actually treat people good. Uh, it, there's so many times that uh, I've, I know I personally have done something and I feel as if though I should have done it better. Or I should have said something else. And, you know, you play those in your head and you say, man, you know, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? I've gotten to that point uh, in my in my age, uh, and I'm not like super old or anything. It's just I've been doing what I do for very long, for a very long time. Uh, I've come to a point where it's I'm not going to regret it anymore so much as I'm gonna I'm gonna act upon things, but at the same time, I'm also going to learn from what I didn't do, you know. Um, there's a few guys way back when that, uh, when I was a sergeant and they were privates or specialists, I didn't treat them well. And I think about it and do I regret it? Absolutely. Have I, have I since then apologized to them? Like, Hey man, you know what? I should have been better to you. I should have treated y'all much better. Heck yeah, I did. But I can't allow that to kind of diminish my vision of where I need to be what I need to do. And you can do the same thing. You know, if you're somebody who 
you're like, man, I, I just don't feel like I'm getting across my people. I don't feel like I'm communicating enough. Look at yourself, right? Look at yourself. Uh, Jocko talks about it all the time. Ego will destroy you. And if your ego is so big that you can't look at your own personal uh, deficiencies and then step back, kind of withdraw from the situation and say, oh, wow, I'm kind of messing up here. I need to fix something with myself. That's how you do it. But if you can't do that, you've got a lot of work you're going to need to get done because it's going to be tough. It's going to be an uphill battle. However, I'll give you some praise. I know you can do it. <laughs> um, just earlier, I mentioned a book, and there is a book that I've had. Uh, I read. I've 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 often uh, I've gone back and uh, I've looked at it quite a few times, and I couldn't find it in my many books over here. So you're going to see it right about here right now. But that book that's called "The Five Languages of Appreciation." in the workplace. And it's actually written by Gary Chapman. Many of you may have known him. Um, he's did, he did the, the five love languages and it's a real popular like marriage and relationship book. Um, but this book, if you, if you get into that, you can actually see, uh, a lot of what I'm talking about, uh, with this whole, you know, creating these habits and how to treat people good. He gets into everything from like what I was saying about you have introverts and extroverts. And sometimes you just got to know, is it, is it worth bringing something, a person up in front of a bunch of people and giving them praise when they don't feel comfortable with it? It probably isn't. However, they may be one of those people who loves to be brought up in front of people and talked about and praised and it helps fuel their fire. You have to know that. So getting to know those people is what's truly key. Know your rock stars. Um, you know, empowering the organization uh, is probably one of the most key things that you could think of as a leader because usually when you're in a key leadership position, you know you can't do everything yourself and you've got people doing certain jobs. You have to allow them to do it. You also have to allow them to make the mistakes. If they mess up, they mess up. Help them learn. Don't berate them. Don't make them feel beneath you or not smart enough to do it. You know, some of the language that people use sometimes. Um, it's funny. My my trio friends, uh, Justin and and Matt, and, and if you if you followed the apocalypse uh, apocalypse gym podcast, you've seen we've been on there together. But you can listen anytime. He does weekly. Um, some of the things we say to each other, it, it's, you know, it's friends. It's, we're just, you know, you know, rustling each other's feathers, but we do it for fun. And we know none of it's made, you know, like meant to hurt each other. It's, it's just that camaraderie we have, but I wouldn't, the things that I say to them and do with them, I just wouldn't do that with anybody because I can't, I can't expect anybody to take it the same way because we already have, because my friends and I, we have this relationship you as an individual, you as an influencer, you as a leader, you don't realize sometimes too, the things that you may say or do in front of a group to someone could damage your reputation forever, you know? So treating people good, what's it going to harm? I mean, literally, what's it going to harm? What's it going to do? It's not going to do anything, but possibly what, show weakness? I don't think so. You have a position of power, most likely. 
Now, can you show that vulnerability? Absolutely. Can you say I messed up? Absolutely. That is getting over your ego. And you can do that. That's not a problem. Uh, but hey, just do me a favor. Check out that book. Uh, it's the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. Um, it's a real short read, real thin, thin, thin book. Um, it's, but it's really good. It's got a lot of great tips uh, in it. Um, other than that, I want to hear back from you. I want to hear what you're thinking when it comes to how do we treat people good? How do you treat people good? Message us. Put the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast, it's okay. Uh, give us give us a message. Send us a message on Facebook or on Instagram or uh, on Twitter or, or LinkedIn. Send us a message. Myself or James. James loved to hear this stuff. Uh, but reply back. Um, let us know what is it you're thinking. How do we? Are you somebody who's being affected by that boss, that 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 uh, that leader in your organization who's who's demeaning and just doesn't he doesn't know how to treat people good, or she doesn't know how to treat people good? Or are you in an organization that's just flourishing because the leadership understands, the people in the organization understand, the organization itself is developed to be successful. I want to hear about it. I really do. Um, so with that, always, please give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on another uh, on a, one of the other platforms, you know, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Apple Podcasts, whether it be Google Podcasts, if you're listening through Podbean, you're listening to on any type of platform out there, hey, rate and review this. I mean, that's a simple task. Let's me know you're treating me and James, well, uh, let us know. I mean, what are you thinking? What, what what are the what are the thoughts going through your mind about the show? Is there things that are bothering you that you'd like us to discuss? And we surely will, because many times we just pull together information and we do the research and find out what do the experts say. Okay, what have we experienced? Okay, what are other people saying? And we pull that all together, and that's how we kind of come up with a lot of stuff we do. So if you haven't done it yet, thumbs up, subscribe, rate and review. Do everything you can to help the show grow. Uh, we don't get anything from it. Literally, it's I pay for all the distribution. Um, Ed and I, we bought all of our own equipment. Um, and, you know, it's really we do it for a hobby, but we do it because we want to share with others. We want to enjoy. It's a fun It's a fun hobby that's kind of turned into a more of a passion than a hobby. Uh, but with that, I have nothing else to tell you about other than check us out on all your different types of platforms. When you go to Facebook, you go to Twitter, you go to Instagram, any of those, LinkedIn, 101 Influence. Those are the key words. That's what you look up and you'll find us. All right. Um, thank you very much. Uh, no, thank you beyond words for listening, for being a part of our lives. Um, and I hope to hear from you soon. Um, but I hope you also enjoyed what it is we bring in this platform. Um, without further ado, we're going to, we're going to cut this one off, but I am Brian and this has been the Instinctive Influencer Podcast. Thank you very much.